0: They don't want to hire Marcus Green. Well, That's why they're waiting so long.
1: And you just started off the show with that comment right there. <laughs> this, is, this is the
0: Lucky Lefty Podcast.
1: <laughs> yo, this is the Lucky Lefty Podcast. I am your guy, Sean Davis at sd 2 Mics. You can see, like, yo, my eyes are, like, heavy. Heavy. The last three days have been incredible man just trying to work and hit connects and and talk with people down in baton rouge and people in south bend and people that we know around the program to try and figure out what's really going on so of course the original lucky lefty himself that dude right there malik zaire at overtime malik that dude is being real hollywood today i'm gonna leave it at that <laughs> Leave it to that. Presented we by Anora Whiskey. Go to AnoraWiskey.com. It's that premium American whiskey, AnoraWiskey.com. Well, we don't have a game for you to sip, for you to be able to sip on that Adora Whiskey this weekend, but you can sip on it if we watch two of these teams in the top four lose because that's <laughs> what's needed in Notre Dame to get to the college football playoffs. So let's just, you know, the last time we did a show. Uh, It was actually our wrap-up show for the Stanford game, and in the middle of that show, the news broke that Brian Kelly was headed to LSU. Since that time, Jack Swarbrick spoke on yesterday. Not only did he speak on yesterday, he had an informal meeting with Marcus Freeman. Now, he told all the assistant coaches to stay on-the-road recruiting. It just so happens that Marcus Freeman came back, and went down to check in on Drake Bowen, the big-time five-star recruit that just committed and came back to the campus. It is also reported that Brian Kelly, the following morning, met with Notre Dame players for about two to three minutes. i have different (laughs) from how long it was, but nothing longer than three minutes. Hey, you got
0: to give him more than two to three minutes.
1: Dude, as as, as as I got Brady Quinn said on his podcast, he could have Zoomed that BS. <laughs> Brady Quinn was totally upset. Brady Quinn was like, dude, hey, what else is there to say? Like, you could have Zoomed that crap. After he met with the team, it has then been reported that Marcus Freeman met with the team also. I found that to be very strange now as the day went on there were reports that luke fickle was the number one guy I believe dennis dobb from cbs wrote a report saying luke fickle was the number one guy then reports come out that brian kelly actually reached out to tommy Rees and marcus freeman to come with him to lsu to be the oc in the dc i talked to people someone that's that's in the note that informed me That he contacted both of them before he contacted Jack Swarbrick. We can get to that. We'll get to that in a little bit because that right there, he tried to snake no. He tried to pull a Lincoln Rock.
0: Yeah, he tried to get a Lincoln off. He tried to pull a Lincoln Lincoln off. but he wasn't
1: gangster enough to pull it off. Wasn't gangster enough to pull it off.
0: He tried though.
1: He tried. Then we find out that Matt Bayless was retained by Notre Dame, which goes a long way into kind of dispelling what we're hearing with Luke Fickle. We'll talk about that after credit, the guys over Irish breakdown for really breaking down that part of the story earlier today and last night. Now today news broke early today that Marcus Freeman is meeting formally with Jack Swarbrick. This is the formal meeting. He's had informal conversations. Let me tell you something. Jack Swarbrick, and you started out the podcast saying what you're saying. Yeah. We have fans that are commenting right now. We're going to get to your comments, and I'm going to give Malik the floor so he can reiterate what he started the podcast off with. I truly believe that Jack Swarbrick has been put in between a rock and a hard place.
0: Yes, yes, but Jack yes,
1: Swarbrick that, had every intention of moving this out to beyond the college football playoff, and there were guys on his list that he wanted to go talk to and interview.
0: And it wasn't Marcus Freeman. Let me it tell you something.
1: <laughs> What has put him in a difficult position is the response on oh, social media. Fans, fan base, social media, but current in Notre Dame players, Notre Dame recruits, yep. Notre Dame commits, yep. and former Notre Dame players. There was a Twitter space, I sent it to you. There was a Twitter space started by Micah Soft, former walk on at Notre Dame. Kyle Hamilton dropped in, Cole Komet from the Bears dropped in mike goalie jr dropped in brady quinn dropped in. everybody you can name jumped into this twitter space and the title of the of the twitter space was marcus freeman is notre dame's next head coach look jack swarwick would be a fool to ignore what is what is going on right now he would be a fool to ignore we've already seen one commit decommit cornerback devin moore he committed on yesterday, and LSU stopped in to check on check in on him last night. So, to, Brian Kelly has been snaking, and he's been snaking this for about two weeks. And I'm glad Jack Swarbrick <laughs> exposed that. It's, it's glad, been
0: in the works. It's been, it's been, long been, in, the work. it's been in the works. And I'm
1: glad Jack Swarbrick exposed that in his press conference. Like, yo, he had some Freudian slips. <laughs> Things weren't right. This has been going on for weeks. I'm glad he didn't let him off the hook. He did like let him he, off the hook. Expose them. Let the people know what's been going on. So that's where we're at. And we are waiting for this meeting to end and hopefully for a press conference to be established later on today or either tomorrow morning. But let's go back to how you started the podcast for those that are chimed in and connected with us late. Let everybody know how you started the podcast
0: off. I let everybody know that in my personal belief, Notre Dame, particularly Jack Swarbrick, was not thinking about hiring Marcus Freeman as the next head coach of Notre Dame and it even feels to this moment that they still don't want to do it. It feels as though they don't want to do it because we've seen what universities look like when they want to get a guy over to be their head coach, i.e., Lincoln Riley. Not only did USC pull him away from Oklahoma, USC paid for the house at Oklahoma, got him a house it in Los Angeles. On top of paying and bringing on multiple staff, without question, it was a done deal. Now I, that's real love when your program wants that coach. Also, when that program has been courting that coach for a while. Is Marcus Freeman a Lincoln Riley? No, not yet. But does Marcus Freeman have the intangibles and the the, the makeup and the ingredients of what an upcoming superstar young head coach he is? Absolutely. Now, from the Notre Dame's perspective and Jack Swarbrick's perspective, I truly believe Jack Swarbrick saw Coach Kelly leaving as an opportunity for him to take his time Mm -hmm. and get a guy that he really wanted to get a whole understanding about. I think the beautiful thing of social media, the fan base, and people having a voice that can be heard is the people spoke. Notre Dame spoke. I'm gonna just say it was Notre Dame because this is a Notre Dame versus Jacksonville. Notre Dame spoke on who they wanted to be the next head coach. Now, usually, fan bases and and support staff to fan bases speak a lot on who they want next, and with I, I have my. You know, I thought Tony Alpha would be a great head coach just because he got more rings than Kelly now. You know, nah, I mean? he reached out. He tried to
1: snatch Tony Alpha from Ohio
0: State. Yeah, yeah, I would too. I love Tony Alpha. But um, I think, you know, Marcus Freeman is legitimately the best head coach position that we can have for this team. I don't believe Jack prepared his mind for a situation being like this because he wasn't thinking that. Uh, Marcus Freeman will be pushed in a position to be the head coach, especially so early. You know, I think he, Jack already had a plan in his life how he wanted to see Coach Kelly's <laughs> career in. Coach Kelly being who he is, man, it's hard to get one up on him, I tell that. He had one up on Jack and, and executed his plan, so it kind of threw Jack's whole situation into a free fall, which is why they haven't just openly decided and made it a decision how it should be so fast. I think, like right. I said, it would be foolish for him not to right. get, pull the trigger on this. This is a, a great hire that not only is a great hire for the program, but there's the, support behind it. You know, I'm I'm sure there's not as much loving support behind Brian Kelly going to LSU by LSU fans than there are Notre Dame supporting Marcus Freeman being the next head coach. Um, you know, it's a hard decision to make. I get it. You know, a, a guy who hasn't done it yet, but. Plenty of guys who haven't done it, i.e., Matt LaFleur, and going and have some great success. So I think this is where the trend is going in college football. I know Marcus Freeman's gonna get the quarterback we need. <laughs> <laughs> hey bro, I know he's gonna man. get the quarterback we need for sure.
1: There you go. Your audio was dropping off a little bit.
0: <laughs> okay, I'm sure. Hey, I'm sure Coach Freeman is gonna get the quarterback we need without question. He's been able to show he got a lot of that on defense. Yeah. So I think that's the best place for us to go. It's the best place for us to go. Now,
1: see, you tapped into something, and we can have this conversation. Uh, We appreciate everybody that's checking in with us. Lucky Lefty Nation. I agree. I agree. Jacob, C. Jack Swarbrick can't F this up. He can't. Man, do not overthink this. Do not overthink this. And I know – there's a report from The Athletic that came out this morning, I believe it was Pete Sampson and some other writers, that are saying that people around Jack Swarbrick and the administration are getting the picture. You know what I'm saying, because in an era of branding and understanding the movement in the title way, I think even the administration is like, yo. Can you imagine how we can capitalize financially off of this Marcus Freeman swell that's going on, like. But this- they
0: don't want to do it. They I it's feel like crazy. they really. Do- it's like they want to do it, but they really don't want to do. Because if they would have, you know, Notre Dame, Notre Dame, if Notre Dame want to do it, they would have been pulled the trigger, in my yeah.
1: opinion. Oh, I, I agree with that because I think Lincoln Riley had been at Oklahoma with Stuke a little bit longer, and it was almost known that he was the next head coach And waiting. I believe if Marcus Freeman had gotten to year two and three, that probably would have been established, and even Jack Swarbrick wouldn't have been able to ignore it. But with one year, I'll be honest, putting myself in Jack Swarbrick's shoes...
0: It's a hard decision.
1: It's a hard decision, just off one year. It is, and I understand how magnanimous he is with the players, with the fan base. Like, I get it. But this is like. This,
0: this is the head legacy. coach of Notre Dame.
1: This is his legacy because I don't yeah. know how much longer Jack Swarbrick is going to be around.
0: Exactly. So and he do not and, and Jack Swarbrick doesn't. He just gave us the winningest head coach absolutely. of Notre Dame history. Absolutely. He's done that. Yeah. So he's looking at it like, look, I, that's what I did too. So I'm right. not about to just hire anybody, especially people that they telling me to hire. right? I brought y'all the winningest head coach ever. So, you know, respect that. You know.
1: Now, I will say this. I watched the video. I don't know if you saw the video of Brian Kelly meeting with the players at LSU. Man. (laughs) That was was the least amount of emotion I saw from players meeting a first-time head coach. And it feels he gave the speech he gave them is the same speech I've heard at halftime or of games or beginning of games at Notre Dame. Like
0: that hey, was. You know, BK is a, is a very good politician, man. He's going have to rehearse, so, don't
1: you? Oh, man.
0: They rehearsed. It's rehearsed.
1: He's doing like, Tito. It,
0: it sounds good, though. He put some good phrases in there. You know, he said, why did I? That's my why. My why is because I love developing players, boy.
1: Man, it's crazy. <laughs> I'm like, yo, he sounds exactly. The same. And I will say this. LSU will probably experience the most consistency they've had.
0: Ever. Ever. Because he's, you know be, he's going
1: to beat the teams he's supposed
0: to beat. And you know why? Because of his rehearsed speeches just show you. He's going to be consistent. It don't matter the hostile, everybody talking crap on Twitter. He's going to deliver the same speeches. Yeah. He's going to give you his same structure. And it's going to work. Yeah. It's gonna work. It's like he don't he look all this. He should have stayed. Look, he already showed you he ain't staying. He he gave us a speech. He ain't give no Cincinnati players no speech. <laughs> that's how right. I, that's that's Coach Kelly showing love. Coach Kelly showing love. he gonna give you his two or three minutes, but he back on schedule. He ain't love Cincinnati. He ain't spend no time being like, Hey, I'm out. I love y'all boys against Florida. Good luck. It was like a uh. <laughs> I ain't coming to work today. I ain't coming today.
1: The South Bend Tribune had pictures of the players fouling out (laughs) after they sat through that at 7 o'clock in the morning. And, man, the picture they have of Kyle Hamilton is like, yo, y'all got work. woke me up early for this bull.
0: But you got to think about it, though. You got to think about it. Coach Kelly's looking at it as – Oh, y'all want me to stay so y'all can go to the league and make a bunch of money and I don't go nowhere and get fired because I don't win no championship? Absolutely not. Nah. Absolutely yeah, We not. all knew. And I think he said, you hey Kyle, he said, Kyle, you leaving me in a couple weeks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so he said,
0: now nah, I can't leave, you know.
1: Hey, yo, one of your former guys, one of your one of your crew, he's jumping in, your boy uh Pete Mokwa. Jumping in, saying Freeman's upside with recruiting and coaching is great for the brand. I would only bring in Fickle if Freeman is okay with that.
0: Marcus Freeman don't want to be anywhere under a Luke Fickle situation. Why would? Come on. Why would he? Yeah. Why would he? And yeah, he Why would he want to? And I wouldn't want him to. I wouldn't want yeah. him to. Yeah. I would. I wouldn't want Marcus Freeman to be put through that. Why?
1: So we look at Notre Dame, right? Let's just look at the current situation. Last night, Notre Dame fans were all panicked because Gary Barter came out and said the situation with Notre Dame not having a coach might actually be an issue if they are in the, in the discussion to make it into the college football playoff.
0: See, that disrespect? They've the been the so so much.
1: Yeah, it's disrespectful. It disrespectful to the players more than anything because the players go out on the, field, on the field and win the games.
0: That's right.
1: And I feel like the Notre Dame has probably won some games in spite of Brian Kelly over the years, <laughs> namely the Virginia Tech game. So you guys stick with us. Malik is on a location doing some things. He wanted to jump in and talk about things so if you see some tech you see the technical difficulties he's trying to move around and get to a better space but once again we are in a position right now where i'm not sure whether or not the meeting with jack swarbrick and marcus freeman has taken place uh they have met informally on yesterday and the day before it has been reported that marcus freeman met with the players after brian kelly met with the players and now We're at the point where there is a formal meeting going on between Jack Swarbrick and uh, he dropped out. He's going to be jumping back on Jack Swarbrick and Marcus Freeman. So with all of that being said, this is where we're at. And I believe this is the moment of truth, not for this program, but for the legacy of Jack Swarbrick. He cannot ignore what is happening amongst the fan base, amongst former and current players. And also amongst recruits and commits, like there is a tidal wave and Notre Dame needs to take advantage of this momentum that is getting behind Marcus Freeman being the next head coach at Notre Dame. So let's go to some of your comments right here, man. I got Rex Mikes chimes in right on. What's good? Been waiting to hear from y'all. Yeah, we've been both of us have been working. He's been on location doing something out in California the last two days, and we've been crazy busy over at ESPN Chicago with breaking news. There's also a tie-in with this because Ryan Day is also – he's being chased by the Chicago Bears. I'll just be flat-out honest with you. That's something we've been discussing here in Chicago. The Chicago Bears, for multiple reasons, are after Ryan Day. They were at the big game, represented at the big game, watching ryan day and more than likely watching jim harbaugh as well but the top choice for them is ryan day and if ryan day is going to move to the nfl luke fickle is waiting around for that ohio state job because once he moves luke fickle is the obvious choice make no bones about it make no mistakes about it so there are a lot of dominoes in play right now in the midwest is going to be crazy. We'll see how it goes, but I can tell you 100%, 100% surety that the Chicago Bears are after Ryan Day, head coach at Ohio State, and that impacts Luke Fickle, which might have an impact on how Jack Swarbrick is going to move expediently in naming Marcus Freeman the next head coach at Notre Dame. All right. Thank everybody for chiming in. yeah, Rex Mikes, no doubt. Fickle is going to go to Ohio State if they leave. is that simple. All right? I got Omar Omar Austin. Thanks, man. And that's why we need to lock Freeman up now. That OSU job is coming up. It could be. It could be. Uh, Donnie Cruz. Uh, you, Clark Lee. He's an option. Is he an option? Lee seems comfortable as, at his alma mater. Daniel Wade, yeah, I agree with that. I don't think he would be a viable option to be the next head coach at Notre Dame, though. Uh, great coordinator. Love what he did. And just think about the last, the four. We know Brian Van Gorder was a terrible hire. But the four defensive coordinators, Bob Diaco, Mike Elko, Clark Lee, and now Marcus Freeman, yo, As far as defensive coordinators, he's batting 80%. He's batting 800, Brian Kelly is. So all respect to that, he's done a pretty good job of hiring assistant coaches specifically on the defensive side of the ball. I got Jamie McNeil, or Pierre. The disrespect said from BK at the LSU team meeting, it was the middle finger to everyone at ND. The players, AD, coaches, everybody, Freeman for the win. Pierre, I guess you're referring to when he talked about uh, the resources and he's finally at a place where he has the resources to be poured into the players and where he can go out and recruit players and work with players that can get to a national championship. Now, I'm not going to go too hard at Brian Kelly. I understand where you're coming from. I'm not about to go too hard at Brian Kelly for that because he's trying to make an impression. As I said before, he is a politician. The speech that he gave to the LSU players in their first meeting was very similar to speeches we've heard. We're watching video with him, with the Notre Dame players for four games and at halftime of games. It is very uh, much cookie cutter. I didn't expect anything different. He was trying to make a first impression and trying to prove to those players because those players had to think to themselves, like, why would you leave Notre Dame to come here? Like, yo, Notre Dame has been more consistent than LSU. Notre Dame has lined up against LSU in previous history and beaten LSU head up. So I had to tell my guy, uh, Russ Mitchell, from College Football News, great guy. I've had him on multiple shows, booked him on multiple shows, respect his knowledge of the SEC. But he went on to talk about Notre Dame doesn't deserve to get into the college football playoff and how they would get banged again if they got into the college football playoff they couldn't keep up with Cincinnati they barely beat Florida State and I flat out told them with all that talk you talking about the SEC there are only two teams in the SEC that Notre Dame probably can't beat this year in a transitional year and that's Alabama and Georgia Notre Dame would bang Texas A&M they would definitely bang LSU they would definitely bang Kentucky they would definitely bang Florida. So all of that negative talk, you want to talk about Notre Dame getting banged in the college football playoffs? Alabama and Georgia have been doing that to the SEC for the last 10 years. So that's the, the SEC is totally top-heavy. Every now and then you'll get an LSU that jumps up when they get a great team and a great staff, and then they go back to being middle-of-the-road LSU. Inconsistent but I do think that's about to change with Brian, with Brian Kelly because he'll consistently get LSU to nine 10 wins. And I really don't think they'll drop below that. they will be a nine and 10 win team. And maybe he can get to the point where he can win a national championship. Maybe he won't. But other than that, yo, this is where we're at. And, you know, I'm I'm getting sick and tired of these people that cover the sec trying to make everybody else feel like they just have this Supreme conference where every team in a conference is a banger. And that's not the case. You have two great teams, two great programs. That's it. Georgia and Alabama. That's it. Everybody else is just as inconsistent as the other top programs have been across the nation. Just as inconsistent. But you know who hasn't been inconsistent in the last five years? Notre Dame. And you know who would bang every team in your conference other than Alabama and Georgia every year? Notre Dame for the past five years man when we were down we beat LSU with Leonard Furnett and a good LSU team in a bowl game it's like Notre Dame consistently has top five athletes in the NFL so all of that stuff about Notre Dame doesn't have talent can't recruit talent and all of that crap Brian Kelly was talking to the players he was trying to make a good impression but Brian Kelly knows better because he used that same stuff of players to the NFL at Notre Dame on his resume to get the current job. He used winning consistently and getting the two college football playoffs at Notre Dame to get the current job at LSU. So Brian Kelly and those players and the rest of the Southeastern Conference knows that Notre Dame is still one of the best jobs and still one of the best programs in America. Bar none. That's it. Let's get to it. Sean Hunter, absolutely, we are in that's the way man we should have so much bravado as a fan base so much confidence and swag as a fan base coming off of what just happened we're in a good position uh anthony solomon i am not sure alabama would beat indy this year i disagree the athletes at wide receiver if they get just like last year that now the offensive line is nowhere near the offensive line last year for alabama but if they get their athletes in space, our defensive backfield would struggle. The same way they struggled against North Carolina, the same way they struggled tackling against USC. Alabama will score points. Would Notre Dame be able to put up the points to keep up with Alabama? That would be the question. I still would slightly go with Alabama even this year. But it's still impressive because once again, according to Brian Kelly and what he told, um Leading to the uh, leading up to the Wisconsin game, what he told Fox Sports in the face to face meeting, uh, leading up to that game, he was open and honest and said, This is not a national championship team, this is a transitional year, and we're building to the team that's going to win a national championship. That's what he told Joe Clatt face to face. That's what he told him. So, if that's the case, and a non championship team at Notre Dame. Can still be favored over 80% of the SEC? What does that say about the SEC? Just plain and simple. Let's get to it. Pierre. Swarbrick doesn't pick Freeman. He would have essentially burned the house down. Players would leave like they're running for Pharaohs. DC gone, OC gone, shaking my head, no brainer here. I think Devin Moore decommitting was the first one like, yo, let's wait and see. I'm going to wait and see what they do because I think Devin Moore probably comes back into the fold if Marcus Freeman is named the next head coach. Um, Their offensive line will struggle against our our defensive line. Yes, but just like last year, they got the ball out of their hands in two seconds. That's the issue. They have a great quarterback, and all they have to do is throw swing passes and get the ball out of their hands in two seconds. They don't have to sit back there for four seconds. So, you know, you're basically rendering the pass rush of Notre Dame null and void because it's all about getting that talent in space. The other thing they don't have is the running game. Now, that is the key because they don't have Najee Harris. They can't bang you. They can't keep you off balance. You saw how Auburn basically just made them one-dimensional. Notre Dame's best chance is to make them one-dimensional. The only issue, once again, fundamentals and tackling and we've seen this secondary and the linebackers against great talent at the skill positions multiple times this season struggle to tackle and that's going to be a problem against Alabama it is you just it it is is what it is yes the front four will shut down their running game the front four will put pressure on uh, Bryce Young but if Steve Sarkisian is no longer there. That's another thing. He's not the OC. If it was Steve Sarkisian and not Bill O'Brien, I definitely would tell you there's no chance Steve Sarkisian is going to scheme the heck out of that game, and they're going to win with the quick passing game. But Bill O'Brien, in my opinion, yes, (laughs) he's on the hot seat in Tuscaloosa right now. That fan base wants him gone. So, yes, I think Marcus Freeman would definitely out-coach him. It will be a close game, but once again, I will take Alabama because overall, Alabama has a deeper team and they have more talent. That just is what it is, but any other SEC team outside of Alabama and Georgia, no shot. PK4ND, thank you for chiming in, and I got Malik said he's just trying to find a better spot, better location. He'll be jumping back in. Everything falls apart internally if if, uh, Freeman is not hired soon. You guys are absolutely right. I agree with you right there. If he is not hired soon, if if they don't come out of this meeting today with a press conference, setting ready for at least tomorrow morning, and they allow this to linger on, man, I don't know what else to say. I don't know what else to say, but this is where we are. Uh, let's get a couple of more comments. We're, we will be back on later on tonight. We just wanted to jump on real quick with you guys because we weren't able to jump on last night. We're going to jump on and give you a full two hours tonight. Hopefully, we'll have an announcement that Marcus Freeman is the next head coach of Notre Dame. I got Daniel Wade, he's talking to Michael Johnson, responding to Michael Johnson and what he just said. is: fitting Kelly went to LSU. Tigers don't change their stripes after all. That's funny. I like that. Shout out to our guy Pete, one of the realest podcasts about indie football out there. Go Irish. We appreciate you, big guy. Thank you for everything you did for the program. Thank you for supporting Lucky Lefty Podcast. Our guy, Caesar. Man, let me try. I'm going to take a a good shot at this. Pinelillo. Caesar Pinelillo. I hope I got it right. If I didn't type in the pronunciation, so I know you're a new listener and subscriber. Paid attention to Brian Driscoll. Keep up the good work. I want Freeman as in the coach. Thank you, Caesar, man. Those are our big brothers in this game, this podcasting game. You'll see me over at Irish Breakdown uh, later on this week. We'll be talking about some things, and then I'll come back with my guy, Malik, and chop it up as well. Support. Go subscribe, share, and like both podcasts, Lucky Lefty Podcast, and also the Irish Breakdown. He also says, very well said when explaining the nonsense about the ACC lovers as the best conference. I, I think you meant the SEC, but, yeah, the ACC is not getting any love. Um, pk Four and I appreciate you, Sean. You're the best first time seeing you apart from IB. Keep it unvarnished, man. I appreciate the love. Um Adam Blair, shout out to you. Do you believe in the bottom of your heart Marcus will be our new head coach? No, I'm not going to say in the bottom of my heart. I know he should be the next head coach. Do I believe it in my heart? No, there are just too many things going on that feels like there's pushback from the administration um and Jack Swarbrick that they're being resistant to everything else. That's clearly saying Marcus Freeman is the guy. And as I said, if I would, if I were in his shoes, knowing this is my legacy, this I already picked the guy that got us out of the mire and brought the program to consistency. And now this decision is the guy that's going to deliver the goods and be my legacy as an athletic director. It's a tough choice, and to give that to somebody that you've only known and been around for one year. And to give them the reins of one of the best jobs and programs in all of college football, maybe in all of sports, that's a difficult decision. Jack Swarbrick has a very difficult decision, but he can't overthink this. I understand being deliberate. I understand taking your time. I understand having multiple sit-downs and multiple meetings with Marcus Freeman, but Jack Swarbrick cannot overthink this. To me, it's a slam dunk, right? And I'm sure to many of you, it's a slam dunk. But, hey, I have to let him do his due diligence so that he can feel like he's made the right decision. And I think that's what he said in his press conference, right? Ultimately, this is about getting the right guy. That's what it's all about, getting the right guy. And that's what you want from... um, Jack Swarbrick, and the rest of the administration. You want them to get the right guy for them to feel like they got the right guy so they can support whomever the coach is. If it's Marcus Freeman, I don't want them giving him a job with hesitant, being hesitant or hesitancy because then that's going to deal with the support, and then Marcus Freeman and the staff might not feel like they have the backing of the administration. The players might feel that, and then that affects on-field performance. I don't want that. I want everybody to be on the same wavelength and to have the same excitement about whatever move is made and whatever coach is hired. And let's go forward and take the next step as a program. Uh, Jamie McNeil. Exactly, Sean. Jack needs to fill the hole now. If it doesn't work out, he can find his forever coach in a few years when he is in control of the timing of the change. Well, see, that's the thing. I think Jack Swarbrick and what he's doing, I think Jack probably – Wants to win a national championship in the next two or three years and bow out. I think he has established that Notre Dame does not can stay independent. Uh, The fact that he wasn't at the expansion meetings on today, there were CFP expansion meetings this morning. He was not there. I think the first person to report that was Heather Denich. He was not there because he was interviewing Marcus Freeman. So think about how important that is. Because Marcus Freeman was there. So he could have flown to the meetings this morning and then come back this afternoon and met with Marcus Freeman. He has the private jet, he has the PJ, but he chose to ignore those meetings and to say sitting down with Marcus Freeman is far more important than going to the CFP expansion meetings. So that says something about how he views this meeting with Marcus Freeman. And possibly says something about how well the informal meetings went in the previous two days. So, like I said, if you're just reading the tea leaves, you can look at that and say, "Lo, yo, this is good. We might have a new head coach in the next 24 hours." But that's just some of uh, some things that could lead to you feeling positive about what's going on right now. So, the, but but his legacy is even though we won't be able to be in the top four. In the new expansion, because we're not part of a, a conference, it eases what Notre Dame has to do to get in. Now, Notre Dame is on the outskirts. If they lose two games, they're on the outskirts of debate, getting into the new the field. And if Notre Dame loses one game with their schedule, they're in. They're in. It's flat out. They're in. And that's all because of the work that Jack Swarbrick has done, being a part of that committee. And making sure that Notre Dame had its space without having to become part of a conference. So he's kept the independence. He's improved everything around the program. He's brought more revenue to the other sports by allowing them to be connected to the ACC. And in all of that, he's hired the head coach, the most, the winningest head coach in Notre Dame history, that brought the program back to respectability and elevated. The brand. The brand is always dope. The Notre Dame brand is always dope. But it had a little dust on it. And Brian Kelly, in a mutually beneficial relationship between him and the University of Notre Dame, brought things back to to where they're supposed to be all the time. And now, the rest of the legacy is, can Jack Swarbrick bring a national title? And I think he wants to get that national title. From a business standpoint, he's done everything he needs to do to set up Notre Dame for the future. If he gets that national title, I look for Jack Swarbrick to step away in about two to three years. I really, really do. Let's see. Omar Austin, you have something else. The AD for OK. Didn't have this problem when Stoops retired. You hired the young hot coordinator already on your staff that everybody wants and has a recruiting world on fire. Once again, apples and oranges. Uh, Lincoln Riley had been there more than one year, had built a relationship, and could be trusted by the AD. So they didn't need to meet over multiple days for him to feel secure in the decision. That's why I have no problem with Jack Swarbrick being deliberate not in the process but being deliberate in the process of hiring marcus freeman because it's only been one year it's only been one year and that's not enough to hand the reins over to a guy when you're talking about a program like Notre dame that's not enough so you have to do your do your due diligence with him and if he's doing that Over the next two or three days, I'm fine with that. As long as it leads to a press conference with him being the head coach, I'm cool. But we pointed out that Luke Fickle thing, he's going to have to wait. And I don't think with the early signing period coming up and this momentum and the brand and actually Notre Dame being an underdog, because nationally, a lot of people are upset that the Brian Kelly move is impacting the players. And Gary Barter, like gave Notre Dame even more momentum because now you see people outside of the program actually feeling bad for Notre Dame and his players. So take advantage of all of this. Hire Marcus Freeman, yo and and make it happen. Let's get on this road to a national championship. Let's see Pierre, you had something else. The timeline is not in his favor. Destroy the foundation on a new coach. Go through a rebuilding process for years or build on what you got and then some and get the championship in two or three years. Oh, I I don't disagree with that. Those are the two outcomes that he's looking at. But once again, you would much rather the administration and the athletic director to feel comfortable with their decision. The worst thing you can do to Marcus Freeman is hire him because of the fan base. And what the players are saying, and the administration and the alumni are hesitant. That's not gonna work because everybody has to be pulling on the same rope and everybody has to be walking the same way. And that would be a disservice to the players, the recruits, Marcus Freeman, and his staff if he's only hired for those reasons. And they, meaning Jack Swarbrick, the alumni and the administration are not 100% behind the hire. Of Marcus Freeman, if they're not one hundred percent behind it, don't do it. As much as we don't like it, that would be worse than actually bringing him in. I mean, hiring somebody else. I would rather hire somebody else that they want than to give Marcus Freeman a bad deck or a bad hand in this poker dip in this poker game. Don't give him a bad hand. Give him the best hand he should have and the most support that he should have as any Notre Dame head coach should have. You don't want that. You need everybody on the same wavelength. What's up, D-Rock Irish? My God. That's right, Daniel Wade. I see him in there. His students will be paid three twenty-five dollars to coach him. Man, that's nice, right? Like, I'm retiring. I got a nice gig doing the pregame show on Fox, and you want to throw me three twenty-five just to kind of like settle things down and coach the bowl game, which is basically me standing back and letting the other coaches coach practice, and let's go out here for the bowl game and play. Yeah, that's that's a nice that's a nice month of work. You basically getting three twenty-five for a month, a month full of work. Anthony Solomon, Marcus Freeman is not like the majority of coordinators. He is an old soul in maturity. Most people around the program have said that. I totally agree with that. And uh, when I was on Irish Breakdown the other night, I spoke about how he is respected, especially here in Chicago, because that's he was drafted by the Chicago Bears. He was on the practice squad. He played a couple of games and got injured, and that's why his NFL career was cut short. And then he went into coaching and his first coaching uh bit or opportunity was really doing film work here in chicago when he was on a practice squad that's where he cut his chops and then he moved on to the rest of his career so he is well respected in nfl circles not just college football but nfl circles as well d-rock irish this is yo i think this one right here is this the one you guys are sending me so much. I'm trying to keep up with it. D Rock Iris, the leadership of most of these coaches are already in place at indeed pull the trigger. Hey, D Rock, I don't know. Everybody's on the same page. I'm just telling you, it's easy to say that as a fan. But when you are given the responsibility over something as precious as Notre Dame football, you don't make, you don't pull triggers quickly. You just don't. You do your homework, and you're 100% behind your decision. That's all we're saying. He has to do his homework, and he has to fully vet Marcus Freeman. He has to because it's only been one year. He has to. He can't take the word of the players. He can't take the word of administration. He can't take the word of Brian Kelly. He has to get to know this man for himself. You saw how he spoke glowingly of the friendship he had with Brian Kelly. And I would venture to say he wants the same type of relationship. Maybe not a friendship, but a very good relationship with whomever the next head coach is going to be. That's right, Daniel Wade. That's why we need you guys to subscribe, share, like, and let everybody know. Go to Lucky Lefty Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And subscribe and let others know to subscribe because once we get to a certain amount of subscribers, we can receive super chats. We actually talked about whether or not we wanted to open it up to be receiving on cash app and all of that. No, we want to put in the work. We want to put in the work to earn the right for you guys to feel comfortable enough with us and to like us enough to give us the super chats. So we're going to continue to put in the work, continue to give you great content So you guys can get that opportunity to have Super Chats and give us Super Chats right here on the Lucky Lefty podcast. All right. So just to let you guys know, Malik is on location. He's actually filming for a TV show um, out in L.A. He broke in, gave us some time while they were on break. We're going to give you a full show tonight, a full show tonight. He'll be back at the crib, a full show tonight. We'll give you two hours, and hopefully we will be announcing and talking to you guys about Marcus Freeman being the next head coach. You guys, excuse me, Matt Bayless, yes. Matt Bayless, when the news came out that Matt Bayless was going to be retained instead of going to LSU. Once again, I don't know if you guys, if you came in late, Brian Kelly tried to snake Notre Dame. He tried to pull a Lincoln Riley. And we talked about it on the previous show that Lincoln Riley pulled a G move when he took administration with him to USC. He took assistant coaches with him to USC. I don't know if OU OU had to allow them out of their contract, but he pulled a full gangster move when he went to USC. It has been reported, and I have double-checked with sources, not only in south bend but sources that are in the know and they told me that brian kelly reached out to both coordinators tommy Rees and also marcus freeman before he reached out to jack swarbrick to let him know that he was going to lsu jack swarbrick said in his press conference that his knowledge of what was going on came from the rumors and reports as they poured in so that's how you got brian kelly is moving And that's how it was moving. He feels like it's a better opportunity and a better challenge. Um, It's been reported. Actually, the transcript from what he said to the indie players when he met with them for about two to three minutes on Tuesday is actually out there on Twitter. I think Pete Sampson has the the transcript of it up in uh, notes. And it's like four pages of notes. And basically he said this is all about opportunity and uh, told his players he loved them and told the players that he respects what they did for the program. And the program has been built to where it is now off of their backs and their efforts. And he thanked them. And he said no one is to blame. He kept for some strange reason. He kept saying that throughout the speech. There's no one to blame here. There's no one to blame here. It's like, what are you talking about? When did the blame game even come into this equation? Like, who's talking about blaming you? Nobody's blaming you for going and getting more money. No one's blaming you for taking a job that you feel like is a better situation. It's like, that just goes to who Brian Kelly is as a person, man. He's so worried about how he's viewed that he can't be fully authentic. Like, keep it a thou, wow. Keep it 100 Yo, I think I can go win a national championship at LSU. I don't think I can get the resources needed here at Notre Dame to do so. After 12 years, that's where you came to. Okay, fine. My only thing is if that's the way you feel, you need to be accountable and take some of that responsibility for not getting the national championship in your 12 years. You're the guy that couldn't develop the elite quarterback. You're the guy that couldn't recruit the elite quarterback to take you and get you over the hump. And get your team over the hump when you had the dominant defenses and you had the defenses that could compete with the Clemsons and Alabamas. You went to war with the likes of Ian Book. And that's not a disparaging remark on Ian Book. Ian Book gave you everything he could to win games. But Ian Book is a third string NFL quarterback. And for Notre Dame to get to the next level, they need a Trevor Lawrence, they needed a Deshaun Watson, they need somebody that can be selected high in the first round of the NFL and be a franchise quarterback on the next level. Will it be Devin Moore in a couple of years? I don't know. Could it be Tyler Buckner? We'll have to wait and see. Maybe Tommy Reeves, without Brian Kelly over his shoulder can develop and better scheme Tyler Buckner to be that elite quarterback. We have to wait and see, Notre Dame fans. Hopefully it can happen. You're right. Pierre, it is not in the nature for BK to accept responsibility. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. That's my only thing with him and what he's been saying this entire time. Like, yo, this is a better opportunity. According to what? According to what? It's not a better program. It's not a more consistent program. Better players? Notre Dame puts just as many players in the NFL as LSU. Every year, you break it down into five-year intervals, 10-year intervals, Notre Dame is right there. With LSU, Tennessee, every other SEC program, the only programs that supersede and exceed Notre Dame on the NFL level consistently, Georgia and Alabama. That's it. And previous to that, it was USC before they went in the tank. Other than that, Notre Dame produces NFL talent all the time. All the time, my God, Daniel Wade, winning is hard. Yeah, that's what that that is what he he says. Winning is hard. Look, he's such a cliche, man. And I, it, it makes me sound like I'm ungrateful, and I think Notre Dame fans feel the same way. It's like you, we've been walking on eggshells about what to say about Brian Kelly, because if you speak the truth about what you really feel and it's not just about this situation because because most of us have have felt these emotions leading up to this day in previous years and if you'll be honest about how you truly feel right now it might come across as being a hater being bitter being jilted at the altar being left and it's really none of that it's just really the frustration of everything you felt and how he's moved, and what he said, and confirming what we've all known—like everything that we felt like we knew about Brian, Brian Kelly—in spite, or just in spite of the wins, and in spite of the consistency, has been proven in the last forty-eight to forty-eight hours. It's been proven, and now we know what we're dealing with. He—he—he—he he, he, he doesn't want to take any responsibility for not being able to develop elite quarterback of this program just plain and simple you recruited Ian book you recruited brendan clark if phil Jakovic wasn't good enough you recruited him you recruited him so now you're trying to make it seem like notre dame wasn't good enough the players that you get in notre dame there weren't they weren't good enough but somehow some way marcus freeman comes in and the first week He's on campus. He sends out offers to guys that you and your staff for 11 years would have never tried to get. He had that much confidence in the brand of Notre Dame. Marcus Freeman, an Ohio State guy, a guy that coached in Cincinnati, had enough confidence in the brand that is Notre Dame and knowing How many players go to the NFL from Notre Dame? He had enough confidence in that brand to say, yo, we need to go after these five-star guys. What are we doing? What are we doing? Matter of fact, he brought guys from Cincinnati with him to put into the recruiting part of the program to say, yo, we have to step it up. We have to change our view. We have to see these five-star guys as guys that need to want to come to Notre Dame Because they'll be more than just NFL guys and five-star guys. They'll be full, complete citizens when they get to the NFL. They'll know how to handle their money. They'll know how to handle their brand because they've done it here. And they've seen, as an independent, how we handle our own brand without being connected to others and without having to share our revenue. There's nothing better than being at Notre Dame and being a great player. You get to see how to run the rest of your life. There's nothing better. At least that's the way I would sell it to my son if he was being recruited by Notre Dame. And that's the way I would sell it on the road. Like, look, there's no other program that's going to show you how to plan your life in three years better than us. You're good enough to go to the NFL. We all know that. But what we're going to give you, no other program can give you how to develop beyond just being that great athlete. We're going to show you how to take that and take it to even greater heights at Notre Dame. There's no other program in America that can do it better than Notre Dame. That's the selling point. That's the brand that Marcus Freeman believed in the first week he got here. And that's why those offers went out to the likes of Keon Keaton and Tyson Ford. Guys at Clark Lee, Mike Elko would have never targeted. Why? Because they believed in the narrative of Brian Kelly. We can't get those guys here in Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Bullcrap. Bull. Bull. And when you have a guy, now this is what, this goes back to Pierre, D-Rock Iris, Rex Mikes, and everybody that's saying pull the trigger. That's the main reason Jack Swarbrick needs to pull the trigger. Because you have a guy that believed in the brand more than your head coach. He believed in the brand more than your head coach did. That goes without saying. For that reason, he should be the next head coach immediately. He should be the next head coach at Notre Dame. That's just facts. That's facts. Let's see what else are you guys saying. Are you, man Rex? I'm telling you, man, one hundred ten percent. Are you? T- what? I'm not even a salesman, right? And salute to everyone. Out there, that live having to get up and get people to buy their products each and every day. I don't take that for granted. That's a difficult task. But let me tell you something: it's nothing easier to sell. It's all this narrative about how cold it is in Indiana. Kids don't want to come to cold weather. They want to play in warm weather. All of that stuff, man. Look, Notre Dame has something in the bag to sell. It's like when I was a kid, right? You had to have a snow cone stand for me to come to your candy store in the summertime here in Chicago. Because if you didn't have a snow cone stand, I don't want your candy. I'm going to walk two blocks down and go to the candy store that has the snow cones outside so I can get my snow cones. I can get my Chico stick. I can get 50 pieces of penny candy and two bags of sunflower seeds. That's how I broke up my two dollars and still had change for the next day. Real talk. That's how I, man, that's how I had my candy for the week. But you had to have that snow cone. There's certain things that Notre Dame has in the bag that attracts everybody to Notre Dame that nobody else in college football has. They don't have it. And that's what Marcus Freeman saw from afar off. He saw it when he was at Cincinnati. Because if he didn't see it, he would have taken the more money and the prestige of the SEC, and run with that job. But he immediately saw the brand, the power of the brand, and how it would impact youngsters. We're not even talking about people like us that buy tickets and merchandise. He's talking about teenagers. He saw the impact it could have on teenagers, and he hit the road running. He hit the ground running. And that's the type of guy you need at the head of the program. A guy that believes in the brand. If you don't want to have a guy that believes in the brand, then go get go get a Luke Fickle. That as soon as Ohio State opens up, he's bouncing. Go get him. Go get a Matt Campbell that rebuilt Iowa State. But as soon as everything got tough and he was time for him to go to the next level, in the Big 12. In the Big 12, we're not talking about the SEC. The Big Ten and the Big 12, when it was time for him to go to the next level with a three year starter in Brock Purdy and Brees Hall, who was a Heisman candidate at the beginning of the year, preseason Heisman candidate, and to come away with that seven and five, no sir. No sir. No thank you. We don't need you in Notre Dame. You've already shown us you can't get to the next level. No, and I want—I don't want to hear, well, he'll have better talent in Notre Dame. Nope. No, thank you. Nah. Three-year starter at quarterback in the Big 12 and a Heisman candidate at running back. Couldn't get it done. Nah. Nah. I don't get it. I got Edward Heff, Urban Meyer. Man, this is my thing with Urban Meyer. He's not on my list, right? He's on Malik's list. Yes, this will, that would be a grand slam, in theory, because of what he's done. But is the timing right for Urban Meyer right now? That ship might have sailed. That's that's my only issue. Is the timing right for a move like that for Urban Meyer? You know, we know his connection to Notre Dame is one of his dream jobs, but I just think that ship has sailed. And quite frankly, the dude has a franchise quarterback. Like everybody's laughing at him right now. The dude has a franchise quarterback and a franchise quarterback that every week is getting better without talent around him. So if they can draft right, Jacksonville will be much better in a couple of years. That's the NFL. Everybody's 500 pretty much. So once he gets talent, he's going to be right there. What's up, Brendan Cordial, man. Thank you for tapping in all that pretty little girl you have right there. The picture, man. She's a sweetie pie. I already can tell. I can already tell she has your heart. She's reaching. Her hand is right there on it, boy. She has it right in her hand. She can get whatever she wants from you, can't she? <laughs> if every pal is just, we're the best to get you to the NFL. Indy must sell something more. We'll get you to the NFL, but we'll get you to the NFL with character. Four for 40. Dang. That The price of that four for 40 is going up. It's, it's greater than four for 40 now. You know what I'm saying? It's like four for 50. We're talking 50 years down the line, 60 years down the line. I mean, these kids are only 18. You know, if they live 70 to 80 years, it's greater than that. So I agree wholeheartedly with you. Uh, Let's see. Anthony Solomon responded to Daniel Wade, even Kelly apologists are joining the fight for Marcus Freeman. Yeah, that is crazy. This momentum, you know, because it's usually Notre Dame against the world, right? But this momentum that has been gaining the last 24 hours is just amazing to wake up and to see current and former players almost like they had a secret meeting, right? And you just wake up on a Tuesday morning and you see tweets of marcus freeman from current players former players recruits commits and it's like yo this is bananas this is crap this is unprecedented i've never seen anything like this so thank you for chiming in jeffrey Hudgeon. hell he's gonna have hamilton with the second pick (laughs) you know what urban would be smart but, you know, he does need some help on the offensive line and at the skill positions as well. So it would be interesting to see with the second pick in the draft if he goes and gets someone to protect uh, his best asset in Trevor Lawrence or if he goes defense. Because the defense right now is actually pretty good. They 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 have some guys on defense. They can get after the quarterback. Their linebackers are really good. Uh, They need some help in the back end. So, yeah, you're right. That's definitely a need for Jacksonville right now. Yeah, D-Rock, you're right. Urban Meyer did have previous opportunities to come take the ND job. He basically chose Florida over Notre Dame, which at the time, at the time, if, if we're honest, if we look at the infrastructure of Notre Dame at that time, He made the right choice he made the right choice for him in my opinion that's just my opinion although the name is always the right choice in my heart but from a business standpoint the infrastructure wasn't the same it's not what it is now he made the right choice um Caesar, you said you do not like Meyer. I oh, hope he stays with the present team and rebuild their organization. I don't look, man. I, I don't want to get in the pool pit or stand on a soapbox. Uh, we're not here to judge Urban Meyer or anybody else in, in, in what they've done in their life. Um, Daniel Wade, I think it's a question, Sean. How about the unity within the ND fan base? Love it. You know what? That is amazing. Even like, like you said and like it's been said, even the Kelly apologists have uh, yeah. Even the Kelly apologists have come along and gotten behind Marcus Freeman and are very excited about the future. So that's that's a dope thing. That's what I'm saying, man. Like Jack Swarbrick can't ignore what is going on, and it's so easy to see. Do not be swayed by these networks and these writers bringing up names like Matt Campbell and Luke Fickle, like, yo, read the tea leaves. Read the room. Read the tea leaves. Know where you're at. It's not an easy decision. It's the right decision. It's not an easy decision because of the situation you're in, Jack Swarbrick. Those are not easy shoes to fill. I wouldn't want to be in your shoes. But the right decision is right in front of your face. It's right in front of your face. Don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. That's right, Daniel Wade. Make sure to hit the subscribe button. Don't jump out of here and don't hit subscribe, like, share. We're coming back tonight, giving you two more hours. Once Malik makes it home, we're going to sit down and dig deeper into what Brian Kelly said and whether or not Notre Dame is one step away from the national championship. We're going to see. We're going to ask the question. So you guys can get your comments ready. How many steps away is Notre Dame from winning a national championship? Get your comments. Get your debates ready for tonight. How many steps away from a national championship is Notre Dame? That's what we're going to get into tonight. Really break it down. Yes, I agree. Meyer did make the right choice going to Florida. Yeah, the whole world watched Notre Dame get catfished by Kelly. So, of course, they want to see us get a fair shake. You know what? In the words of uh, DJ Khaled, I look at Brian Kelly and say, you played yourself. Ultimately, you played yourself. You did. You had the world. You had the world. You only had one move to make to get to your ultimate goal. Now you want to you want to start over for chump change. Mel Tucker got nine mil because his contract was laid out. I think base salary. His base salary for tax purposes, according to the contract, the uh, picture of the contract allegedly, the actual contract has been put out there on social media this morning. His base salary is four hundred thousand for tax purposes. Very smart. Very smart. And then other attributions or other contributions, I'm sorry, to Brian Kelly each year, I think the first year is nine, then it goes up incrementally by a small percentage every year until it gets to the final year, where I think he's about 9.8 in the final year of the contract. So, and then under that, they were saying that there are other ways, whether it be IRA Trust, you know, I'm not a big financial guy, but the contract pretty much read out that they can contribute to other areas rather than just giving it directly to him if he chooses to do it that way. And allegedly, allegedly, that is the actual contract that has been put out on social media today. Uh, I'll tweet it out from the Lucky Lefty podcast, Twitter, Twitter and Instagram page a little bit later. But I did see that. Jordan Taylor, thanks for jumping in. Can't find you guys on Apple Podcasts for some reason. Okay. On Apple Podcasts, we are under A2S Network. A2S Network, which is a network of podcasts that myself and Malik uh, produce with other friends of ours. We have an NBA podcast on there. Uh, I have a podcast on there with former Miami good friend of mine, so don't get mad at me has nothing to do with where he went to school but i also have a podcast on there with my good friend jerry payton who's a former running back in the nfl and he played running back for the miami hurricanes so forgive me the friendship was there so forgive me for being cool as a notre dame fan with somebody that throws up to you but yeah Every now and then we throw up a podcast that's called DAD. So if you search A2S Network on Apple Podcasts, you'll be able to see our podcast, Lucky lefty Podcast, right there under that network. All right. And I also have a um, it's a Chicago White Sox podcast, because I'm a big White Sox fan here in Chicago, but it's also a major league baseball podcast. Matter of fact, we'll be we'll be recording one tomorrow because the lockout happens today and we'll talk about free agent signings and the white Sox doing absolutely nothing (laughs) we'll talk about that uh what else okay caesar in my opinion when you don't like someone it's not judging we are adults and none of us are perfect or is perfect same time, we are very close. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> no, it's not that. Well, I don't I have no reason not to like anybody that I don't know. I just don't. Like, if I see a story or I see someone calling a video, that's an issue between, let's take Urban Meyer. That's an issue between him and his wife. I know how I treat my wife. So it's really nothing for me to say. I don't know him. And I hope him and his wife can rebuild their relationship so it won't impact impact their kids and devastate their family, and they can move on and be better for it. That's it. That's my thoughts towards that. Uh, But I'm not about to take what happened to him and to say, yo, I don't like him. You can go back to how he stood up, seemingly stood up for the abuser that was on his staff at Ohio State. I'm not down with that at all. I don't rock with that. I don't rock with it at all. I think it was a horrible decision. But that's not about to put a mindset in me to say, I don't like you. I just don't go that route. I don't know him. Because outside of those two things, he could really be a decent human being. I don't know. Him. I haven't spent enough time around him. That's enough for Urban Meyer. I yeah. uh, Let's see. Sean Hunter, I see your comments. Save it for tonight. Save it for tonight. I don't want to get into it quite yet because actually Malik is the one that really brought up the topic. I don't want to bring it up quite yet, but hey. Uh, Caesar, I see your question. Uh, pretty much, and we talked about this. Uh, if you go to the wrap-up show, uh, Malik pretty much said Cal Hamilton is gone. It feels like Kyron Williams was leaving regardless of Brian Kelly's decision. And uh, Isaiah Foskey is the only one that we really don't even know how this will impact his decision. But once again, based upon the wave wave and the direction everything is going, Isaiah Foskey will come back just for Marcus Friedman. The way players have been reacting – I can see Isaiah Foskey saying, look, I'm going to put my name in an NFL draft to see the feedback I get so I can know what to work on, I can become better, and become that first round draft pick that I want to become, and I'm going to come back and rock out with my guys and play on the market stream. I can definitely see him doing that. Rob Titoff, thank you for joining in. We appreciate you. The decision shouldn't take so long. Please, please, please hire Marcus Freeman now. Go Irish. Well, I think we're being a little unfair, and I'm going to tell you why. All right? Everything is not – we understand we live in a world where everything is fast. First of all, Marcus Freeman came back specifically to recruit. Yeah, he was scheduled to meet with Drake Bowen. He did that, right? That was on Monday. Monday night. Monday night. We hear rumors. Everything happens. Marcus Freeman is contacted. Tommy Rees is contacted. Matt Bayless is contacted. Then Jack Swarbrick is contacted. Okay, everything is going crazy, right? Jack Swarbrick said he has agents calling him immediately. Candidates calling him immediately, checking in. And not only does he have to do that, but he has to sit down. He has to craft out what he wants to say in the direction that he wants to take. He has to set up the press conference. This stuff doesn't, this stuff isn't stuff you just do in five minutes. This is a multi-million dollar brand. You take your time. And we might feel like, oh, it's, it's simple. No, you take your time. You dot your I's and you cross your T's. And that is what he's doing. Then he has to prepare and set up all of the players getting there for the seven o'clock meeting. He has to be there. He has to sit down more than likely and meet with the administrators and allow them to know where he wants to go. He had to have a meeting with the board of trustees and administrators to say, this is what I'm thinking. And this is what I'm going to do. And these are the people that I think I'm going to talk to. This is the salary range that I think I'm going to offer. All of this, just think about this. All of this is taking place in like 48 hours. He leaves there. He sits down. More than likely, he has an informal meeting with Mike Elston. Out of respect, just out of respect, sits down with Mike Elston. Sits down with Tommy Reeves. We want you here. We want you here as the offensive coordinator. I understand that you've been offered more than you can make here we we're open to giving you more money if you stay then he sits down with marcus freeman not once but reportedly twice informally monday night and tuesday marcus freeman reportedly meets with the players after brian kelly meets with the players early tuesday morning jack swarbrick then leaves there has to go through his list, has to do the normal things that he does. Don't, we just, don't forget about the normal things he has to do every day. Then he has to make the decision. I'm booked to fly to the CFP expansion meetings. Man, do I make these meetings? If I don't make these meetings, then I have to call ahead, let them know I'm not coming. But still, I have to make myself abreast of what's going to be talked about because I can't allow Notre Dame not to be represented. So in some way or fashion, I have to talk to someone and say, yo, this is how we feel about this. This is how we feel about that. Notre Dame is going to be represented in the room, even if I'm not there. All, these are all the balls he has to juggle in the last two days. So we have to be, we really have to be fair. Danny has the press conference. He wins that, in my opinion. Because the swag I want to see from him, like, yo, we're Notre Dame. We're good. We're going to be okay. We're going to go get the next head coach that's going to lead us to national championship that's all i wanted from jack swarbrick that's all i wanted we got it and now we're here news breaks earliest morning that he's spending the day with marcus freeman formally this is the formal interview formal interview you talk about things that might have concerned you from the previous conversations you get a better understanding and you bring up salary and staff. So if they're in there hammering out salary, Marcus, who do you want to bring on the staff? Do you are you cool retaining Tommy Rees? Are you cool retaining Mike Elston? Who do you not want on the staff? If this is the conversation, it takes time. It takes time. This is not a rush conversation because he's getting to know a guy, he's only known for one year that's it he's only known him for one year this is not lincoln riley in oklahoma where he was around for multiple years and everybody in the program fell in love with him no one year so we're being a little bit unfair to jack swarbrick saying yo hurry up let the man do his job because you want him to feel 100 about that decision So that Marcus Freeman and the players in the program can get the full support and resources of Notre Dame. You know, that support resources that, uh, according to Brian Kelly, is insufficient somehow, some way. Got him his job at LSU, but it's not good enough. I just find it interesting, man. Let's see. You guys are keeping me in here, man. Greek and he's two zero six freeman at hedge as head coach makes the most sense if he isn't he's gone either to lsu or if we hire fickle instead freeman goes to Cincinnati to be the head coach there make freeman head coach retain Reeves, and hire a DC with head coach experience only thing i will push back on a little bit is marcus freeman is not going to lsu I've heard from people and we've seen reports that he is. A tad bit upset with the way Brian Kelly did things. And how he alienated his assistant coaches in the process. So I don't, I don't see him joining a staff where Brian Kelly is the head coach. I don't see it. So share, subscribe, like, let us know how you feel. We'll come back later on tonight, give you two hours, and we're going to talk about, hopefully, Marcus Freeman being the next head coach. And also we're going to get into how many steps is Notre Dame away from winning a national championship. That's all. I see your response, Rob. Let me get to it. Your response, understand, Sean, about the time to be well spent, but the longer to make the decision, do we not run the risk of him going to OSU or other jobs? First of all, let's be honest. If if this goes past Thursday or Friday, Marcus Freeman, in my opinion, is not going to be the guy. That's a clear sign. Clear sign, right? Because if you hear Gary Barter and you heard him say, look, not having a head coach might be an issue in that room. If Notre, Chan- Notre Dame has a chance, <coughs> excuse me, you have to think about that as Jack Swarbrick. So by Thursday or Friday, if Marcus Freeman is the guy and he feels that he's comfortable with that decision, it needs to happen no later than Thursday or Friday so you can have him in place for the CFP des- decision on uh, Sunday morning at uh, early afternoon. Uh, David, your son, you see Jeff Simon Bally tweet saying ND ND finalizing the deal with Freeman. And once again, David, thank you for that. Uh, We're going to wait for it to be official. Look, when you have two informal meetings and you get to the formal meeting, and I just talked about it, what are we talking about? We're talking about money. We're talking about what do you want for your assistance? We're talking about who do you want on the staff? Who do you not want on the staff? We're talking about infrastructure. We're talking about what do you want to do different or what do you see things running different than they ran under Brian Kelly? These are the things you're talking about in the formal interview. Once again, what bodes well for today, Jack Swarbrick is one of the major power brokers In the college football playoff expansion and for him to forego the cfp expansion meeting today to meet formally once again to meet formally with marcus freeman that says a lot about where his head is and it talks to the seriousness of the meeting because he can finalize this today with marcus freeman And head out to the CFP expansion tomorrow, tomorrow morning, because I believe they're there for three days, tomorrow morning after the press conference, naming Marcus Freeman the next head coach in Notre Dame, period. That says a lot that he didn't go to that meeting where he's one of the biggest power brokers in the room and one of the biggest decision makers in the room for CFP expansion. For him to forego that. To meet with Marcus Freeman, formally, I'm telling you what's being discussed. Infrastructure. What's going to be done? Money. Money for your assistants. Do you want Tommy Rees? because we want to keep him? Is that cool with you? We want to keep Mike Elston. Are you cool with that? This, they're laying the infrastructure for him being the next head coach notre dame so if you're starting to see the reports that a deal is being finalized and i don't want to hear that crap about notre dame you're going to hear this notre dame's going cheap with marcus freeman look he's a first-time head coach when you're a first-time head coach at a big program your salary is pretty much already slotted you're not about to get mel tucker money brian kelly money Dabo money. Go back and look at Dabo's first contract at Clemson. Cuz he was a first-time head coach, had never had a job either. And guess what? That's around the range that Marcus Freeman should get in his contract. With incentives. With incentives. The man has basically been the spearhead for two top 5 recruiting classes in 2022 and 2023. He's the guy at the forefront of that. There's nothing left to be said. Stay, Jeffrey Huggins. I don't know if you're asking me to stay. That's going to be hard. I actually have to go produce a show <laughs> from 6 to 8. No, from 6 to 9 tonight. And then I'm going to hop immediately back on here. So I'm headed downtown to produce a show. We're talking Ryan Day, Bears. Bears, Cardinals, White Sox doing nothing, absolutely nothing. And, uh, yeah, the MLB lockout. We're going to produce that for three hours, shoot back home, meet with you guys for two hours, and talk about Marcus Freeman being the head coach. I'm going to put that in the atmosphere. Marcus Freeman is the head coach at Notre Dame, and the steps needed, how many steps, to the national championship for Notre Dame. Uh, let's see. Reconise 206, Alfred turned ND down. I don't know what he turned him down for. I haven't seen a report. He turned, uh, Brian Kelly down. That has been reported and confirmed. He chose to stay. And you know why Brian Kelly. See, Brian Kelly thinks he's slick. He wanted Marcus Freeman. Because he wanted that lead recruiter. And the only reason he wants Tony Alfred. Is because Tony Alford is one of the best recruiters in the world. In all of college football, Tony Alford is one of the best recruiters. So, if Tony Alford turned down coming back to Notre Dame, Notre Dame is actually pretty – Notre Dame is set with their running back coach. If Lance Taylor stays, they're set. If he wants to go with Brian Kelly, who brought him to Notre Dame, that's fine. Notre Dame's fine. They have talent in the backfield. Notre Dame will be fine. They'll find a nice running backs coach. Uh, Jeffrey, once again, do you think Elston stays if offered? D.C. I don't know what the case is. I don't know what the label or his job is going to be. That's going to be one of the sticking points, I believe, for Jack Forward. And Marcus Freeman is intelligent enough to understand how important Mike Elston has been. And how important he is from a recruiting standpoint and the development of defensive linemen, especially with the defensive linemen he's got committed coming in. He wants Mike Elston with his hands on those young men when they come here. Marcus Freeman knows how important he is. So, whatever it takes, I expect Mike Elston to be here. That's right, Pierre, as a man speaker, I'm putting it out there. Ryan, Lance Taylor, 100%. I love Lance Taylor. He's done a great job. No problem with him staying. Hope he stays. Deb Collins. Yes, Taylor is definitely another must to stay. I agree wholeheartedly. Pierre, a pair of 200-plus-pound 200 200 plus running backs. Yeah, we good. Yeah, we're good. I promise you, we're so good, especially if you've seen the conversation on Twitter the last couple of days and in previous weeks between Aldrick Estime and Logan Diggs. like They are raring to go. I think the conversation has been along the lines of who's going to stop us, bro. and They've been going back and forth. So be excited about the future of that running back position here at Notre Dame, because more than likely Kyron Williams, well, deservedly so, should go to the NFL. Uh, Yes, we did not get a chance, so I'm going to tell you now, Malik is not here. This is the slant petty train. Brian Kelly is the conductor, the ticket holder, the ticket taker, and taking up every seat on the petty train. This week with one, one seat left for Lincoln Riley, because for him to take assistant coaches and administrators was absolutely petty. He could have just left and cornered UNC. He didn't have to do Oklahoma like that. So I'm going to give one seat on the train, on the petty train, to Lincoln Riley. And every other seat on the train is Brian Kelly. And he keeps giving us reasons every day to why he should be the conductor, (laughs) the ticket agent, and the riders taking up every seat on that train. Absolutely. Uh, no, this isn't the last petty train, though, because he's, yo, Brian Kelly gives you so much in his press conferences, I'm pretty sure we're going to continue to put him on a petty train, even when he's at LSU. Let's see, who else do we have? I think Nolan, I don't know if we've had you, Nolan Esparza, welcome back. Big Nolan, you've been on the show with us before. Sean lost Brian Kelly, his petty train co-conductor. No, man, I don't know. I might let somebody else drive the train, but he's definitely going to be a passenger on the train. He makes it too easy. Each and every week, he makes it too easy. And his speech, just for his speech to the LSU players and his speech to the Notre Dame players and giving Notre Dame players two minutes after everything they've given to him to give that team two and a half minutes and not take questions, Man, hop on the petty train. Deb Collins, if it's Freeman, the football world is going to be put on notice. Yes, as you know, you guys, you know, I uh, write for Iris Breakdown handling uh, predictions and also betting lines. That's what I write for Iris Breakdown. But I also hop on the podcast with Vince and Brian Driscoll every now and then, and we have had various discussions surrounding the fact that others in college football are waiting to see what happens because the worst thing that they want, the the, the worst thing they want to happen is Marcus Freeman to get this job because they know how relentless he is on the recruiting trail. They know how good he is as a person, and they wanted Brian Kelly to stay in place as long as he could. If Marcus Freeman gets this job, yes, yes, the college football world will be on notice. And I know for a fact that Oklahoma, Oklahoma is hot on this trip. The Oklahoma Sooners do have him on their short list to take over that program. Let's see, Bob, Bob Bordenaro just got on any rumors about the next coach. Uh, We just talked about it, Bob. Uh, there are rumors that a deal the reports out there only on social media. I've never seen. I haven't seen anything official. There are things out there saying that Marcus Freeman is finalizing a deal with Notre Dame. That is not official. We have talked about the fact that. How important it is reading the room or reading the TVs, that one of the biggest power brokers in the CFP expansion being Jack Swarbrick for him to forego. The CFP expansion meetings today to meet with Marcus Freeman says to me that this meeting is very serious and very important. That's what it says to me. I don't know about anybody else, but to me, that makes it seem very important and that they want to get a contract done and make him the next head coach. I could be reading into it too much, but that's just me. I got AJ. I can't believe they haven't announced Freeman yet. I am so sick of people saying they shouldn't hire a first-time head coach yet. The program couldn't be in a better position for a first-time head coach to succeed. Hey, Jack Swarbrick said that. He said, when I hired Brian Kelly and I started this process 12 years ago, this program needed somebody that had experience and could rebuild because of where we were. Now, Jack Swarbrick's words, yo, we don't need that. And we can be open to a lot of different avenues. He also went on to say that he wouldn't name an interim coach. And anyone that did receive that tag would not be a candidate for the job. And a lot of people took that as, oh, man, Marcus Freeman, he's not going to get the job. No, basically what he was saying is I'm not giving Mike Elston and Marcus Freeman, the two guys that will get interviews. I'm not going to give them that tag because I want them to be prime candidates for this job. That's what he was saying. And people just took it the wrong way and ran with it. Omar Austin, Oh, that's what's up. I'm a White Sox fan since the Big Hurt was a rookie. Why are the White Sox sleeping during the offseason? I feel like Ryan Silver and Krause are back in spirit. I disagree. Uh, you can go to A2S Network. Check out our White Sox podcast. If you go to the last episode, me and my co-host Terrence Tomlin, who was a beat reporter for the White Sox from the Bigs Network here in Chicago, we said that Rick Hahn and the moves that he would make would be via trade. He's going to make the big moves via trade. And we knew that they wouldn't go out and spend money. Like, if you thought, there's no reason to give Marcus Simeon 10 years, but, yo, teams are rushing, and the teams that are rushing are desperate teams. The Seattle Mariners, the New York Mets. And the Texas Rangers, they're desperate. And even with the moves they've made, they're not better than the White Sox. They're not better than the Astros. They're still chasing the best teams in the American League. So my advice to you, quick side note, talk White Sox. Yo, be cool. Be patient. You have a great team. And there's no one in the division that's even close to us or that's made a move to get close to us. The White Sox will be fine. William Wolf, is it true that Freeman called out Kelly while he was addressing the players? If so, I love him even more now. William, that was something that has been thrown out there. As I said before, I don't know how it happened, but Marcus Freeman spoke to the team after Brian Kelly did. That has been confirmed. So I don't know about him calling Kelly out, but I know it was Brian Kelly for two minutes total time i think it's been reported that the players spent 23 minutes in the room two and a half to three minutes went to brian kelly and the rest was, well, in my estimation probably went to marcus freeman and jack swarbert who also spoke to the team Yeah, Jamie McNeil, that's the type, you know, this stuff is going to be legend for years. Maybe, you know, as players matriculate out of the program, they'll feel more comfortable talking about it on a podcast or something. But, like, Jamie, you're right. You're responding to William Wolfe, heard the same thing, heard that they had to be separated by the players. But I have no real proof that it actually happened, which is why I said there's no way he's going to LSU. Like, Marcus Freeman was very adamant. In speaking to everybody around the program, how irritated he was with Brian Kelly and his thoughts on Brian Kelly like that's not the guy he's upset because that's not the guy that he felt like he was coming to work for. not that you made the decision to leave. you're doing it like this like we were just all together in California. you could have let us know before we went out to recruit you could have let us know gentlemen, this is what's going on, right? Because you can't pull that. You know they LSU called me Sunday night. No, my brother, Mm-mm. cast out the bag on that one. Nah, no sir. You've been talking to them for a couple of weeks. Scott Woodward, the athletic director, and you, Brian Kelly, you have the same agent. So the conversations have been ongoing for three weeks, and Jack Swarbrick exposed that in his press conference and you had a couple of Freudian slips i want to find out what the slips were but yeah you slipped up and jack was like okay i see what you're doing i'm gonna let you ride out theodore c wozniak senior thank you sir for joining us jack is not a fool he will offer freeman the head coaching job uh, he's earned the job and by tomorrow he will be announced he is on the short list for Oklahoma yes we just talked about that Theodore thank you so much for chiming in I agree 100% with what you said he is on the short list for Oklahoma and I think Oklahoma super fan and also a uh, podcast host uh, RJ Young who a lot of people know he's all Oklahoma 100% he was talking about that yesterday. I was tweeting back and forth with him about that yesterday because there was there were reports. Somebody posted um, some plane, some airplane uh aviation plans of a plane leaving South Bend, headed for Norman, Oklahoma. And I had to throw water on that fire and let him know Marcus Freeman is on the ground South Bend, my, my friend. You know, because we we have worked together over at ESPN when he was hosting weekends. Uh, there. So I had to let him know. Nah. Marcus Freeman is not in Norman Oklahoma. I know you wish that would be the case. Uh it's not true. Yes, and, and Brent Brent Venables, who was DC at Oklahoma, yo, that's it. That's an easy fix. That's an easy fix at Oklahoma. You know, he's a stoops guy. He came up from under the stoops. Stoops Disciple, he probably will make, recruit better defensively there, make the defense much better. You know, whether or not he can get those great quarterbacks that Lincoln Riley was able to get and those great offensive linemen as yet to be seen. But, yes, the Venable move makes sense. <laughs> Pierre, you crazy, my dude. on the fire chief. <laughs> I had to, man. I had to. You know, we're we're cool enough that we can we talk and go back and forth. He throws shade at Notre Dame every now and then. I'll throw shade at Oklahoma every now and then and we have fun with it. But yeah, that dude is uh he's funny, man. I had to let him know. Don't believe the hype. Marcus Freeman is not a normal Oklahoma. So once again, I'm about to get out of here, guys, before I get fired from my other gig, man. <laughs> you guys don't want that, even though that probably would lead to me spending even more time with you guys. You guys have been great, Lucky Lefty Nation. Once again, subscribe, share, and like Lucky Lefty Podcast. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Lucky Lefty Pod. And then stick with us and then go back, even after this is over, go watch our previous show we did on Monday night and uh, get the intel from Malik Zaire when he was talking about the real reasons behind Brian Kelly. This is someone that played. From brian kelly was in that locker room and knows who he is it was a great show go watch that or if you want to re-watch this catch up from the beginning if you came in late do so and we'll be back here with you guys tonight uh, malik had to jump out as i said before he was on location filming a show out in la he's real hollywood right now you know what i'm saying but he was on location filming the show he jumped in and gave us about 15 minutes but we're going to give you two hours tonight. And hopefully we'll be talking about Notre Dame hiring Marcus freeman as their next head coach so for everyone i appreciate you spark fifty two nineteen thank you so thank you so much and uh, I see you freeman two zero two five thank you all subscribe like share and we'll be back here with our new head coach later on this evening lucky lucky podcast we'll see you guys this evening